Blog Talk Radio. You are now tuned into Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes with your host, Jay and Trey. Ah, yes. Welcome in, everybody. It is a special night indeed. You are listening to Kings of Non-Sequitur, the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, here with you live on a Saturday night, July the 24th, 2021. I'm Dre. He's Jay. We've got our best wear on, our tuxedos. We are ready to give you the awards show. It is that special, special time of year where we give our attention to... Uh, baseball and football players and, and incidents and people that may necessarily not get the uh, the attention that they usually get, maybe the attention that they deserve. Uh, you got baseball's Hall of Fame and football's Hall of Fame making their inductions, but we have our own version. We have our Hall of Fame slash Hall of Infamy, and we like to give attention and, and a little Shout out to the people who baseball and football may not really want to remember necessarily, but we remember we've got long memories. We've got a lot of fun shows in the past in our archives, and hopefully this will be another fun one tonight. Jay, are you ready? I am ready. Uh, this is your show tonight, so fortunately I had zero show prep to do because we're actually, the reason we're doing the show tonight is because we're leaving for vacation tomorrow, so... So I basically got home from work tonight, and I've been packing uh, for the last hour now. And, and uh, you know, it's like, oh, it's time for the show. Better go jump on the show. So I, I'm just, I'm going to sit here and enjoy and uh, and react. Yes. That's, hopefully it will be some good reactions. Hopefully you'll be entertained. Hopefully all of you listening will be entertained. This is indeed my year for baseball. Jay will be back in a couple of weeks uh, to give you the football inductions for our Hall of Infamy. But tonight, all about the hardball, um, I wanted to just let everyone know about the ways to contact us uh, because I'll forget. I, I had usually don't do it uh, during our off-season shows. I just just slips my mind. So uh, upon hearing this show, if you have any questions or comments, uh, you can always email us. The email address is inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. As always, when I do my inductions, I have it written up on our blog, and that goes live right when we go on the air. So the induction is up right now. If you go to inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com, my five entrants for this year's Baseball Hall of Infamy, they're already listed. Steps have been done. The link has been made to videos and uh, articles and Wikipedia links and, and all the uh, the things that you need to know about these uh, the inductees this year um, and there's some I'm sure there's a whole mess of stories um, that I don't know about that I wasn't able to research and find but I've got a lot I've got a lot of stories and a lot of things to, uh, to talk about with these guys uh, already so hopefully it'll be uh, something to remember and uh, 
hopefully everyone enjoys it. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, time for me to get busy and uh, guess I'll just get right to it. You know, life turning back to normal here in the year one AC after COVID and baseball, of course, having its normal Hall of Fame ceremony in front of people and everything like that. Uh, that's coming up, I believe, next weekend. Uh, but we at IMLD, uh, we didn't miss a beat last year. We had our Hall of Infamy. This year we have our Hall of Infamy. Uh, there's no shortages still of people and events that are infamous and deserve their own spotlight. Uh, so without further ado, here are my hardball Hall of Infamy inductees for 2021. The one theme that I had this year doesn't run through all of them. It's uh, the bookend. I just decided that the first entry and the last entry, there's a little bit of a connection there. They're, they're similar people, and they both have a Chicago connection. Both of us, Jay and myself, being from Chicago, uh, all of our Hall of Infamies usually are kind of Chicago slanted. We got so many memories from growing up watching sports in Chicago. So uh, hopefully it's not too Chicago-oriented for you people, but if it is, too bad. That's It's our show, and we can do what we want. Hey, hey, we have to put up with all the, the East Coast bias, right? Is Giannis a superstar yet? I, we, uh, I, I know we were going to get to that. At after some point, show. That is, we'll save that for the after <laughs> show. I was just wondering. Just, just a question. Jury's still out, though. Ah, I'm we'll, not we'll sure. Have to, we'll have to I'm investigate sure I'm further. sure you'll break down the historic nature of those of that stat line, because you were already <laughs> doing that before you put the 50-burger up. Oh, my gosh. Um, all-timer. All-timer. On a bad knee. Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so that's the only uh, theme is uh, before and after one and five Chicago connection to guys who are absolutely infamous and deserve the attention that they are going to get from me tonight. And with that, we'll get started with our first inductee. When I say the name, you will absolutely go, oh, boy, you talk about infamous there are not too many men more infamous in the history of baseball than Albert Bell. <laughs> uh, Albert Bell's like the like the gift that just kept on giving, though. That that's a lifetime achievement award, I believe. No kidding. Yeah, this is uh, this is going to be a long one. So let me get my my breath and get ready to go here. Ah, Albert Bell, old Joey was an uh, outfielder mostly for the Cleveland Indians. He is infamous for a host of incidents that completely obscured his immense hitting talent. Bell is, in a way, the prime example of why so many of us sports fans don't regard the MVP or Hall of Fame opinions of sports writers very highly. Sure, his career was too short to be Hall of Fame worthy due to a degenerative hip that cut his career at 11 years. But in 1995, Bell had an all-time slugging season, becoming the only man to go 50-50 in home runs and doubles for the eventual American League champion Cleveland Indians. A shoe-in for league MVP, right? Can you, can you still say that? I, I just did. Not so fast. Drink. Not the MVP. <laughs> Take a drink. <laughs> That's right. The writers voted Mo Vaughn of the Red Sox as the MVP <laughs> in 05. Despite Bell having more of every major offensive category than Vaughn except steals. They did tie an RBI. It was widely thought that Vaughn got the vote due to the surliness of Bell with the media and not because they actually thought he was better than Bell. So what had old Joey done to make people despise him so? Well, 
Let's see. There was a run-in with a heckler at LSU before he even made it to the majors. There was getting sent to rehab by the tribe in 1990 for boozing. There was the high comedy of recruiting teammate Jason Grimsley to crawl through the catacombs of Comiskey Park to steal the cork bat that the umpires had confiscated and trying to switch it with a regular bat. There was cussing out Hannah Storm when she tried to interview him in the dugout during the 95 World Series. There were numerous tales of his temper tantrums. There was the time poor little Fernando Vina tried to tag him and Bell almost murdered him with a forearm shiver. The list is endless. Uh, Bell found time to try to run down kids who egged his house on Halloween in 95 as well. In retirement, he was convicted of stalking a former girlfriend, and in 2018, he caught a DUI slash indecent exposure arrest, though the charges were dropped. Wait, what year, was, what, 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 what year was that with the stalking the former girlfriend? Because that sounds like a USA movie. <laughs> I think this came after uh, the psychiatrist being stalked by a former patient on, on USA. <laughs> maybe he was inspired by that. Maybe, maybe his girlfriend was Shannon Tweed. <laughs> maybe. I, I, I didn't do enough research, I suppose. I was thrilled when Bill came to my White Sox in 1997 <laughs> to serve as Frank Thomas's protection oh. in the order. Oh, it man. Says, it says so much about how hated Bell was that he is not remembered well for his two years in Chicago, even though in that time he had a 27-game hitting streak in 97 and a monster season in 98, setting franchise records with 49 home runs and 152 RBI. It's but ungodly the man was, numbers. But the man was impossible to root for, even on my favorite team. He wasn't just surly. He was angry in a sociopathic manner. And the fact that he put together a 933 career OPS and over 40 war will not be what comes to mind when his name is mentioned. Albert Bell will always be synonymous with batshit crazy, and his fury run is the definition of infamous. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's an interesting entry because we're, we're talking about a guy who's clearly got nothing next level off field problems right even so, he even had some on field problems but he had a hall of fame career but he'll never sniff cooperstown he won't sniff never him. you know yeah the the, the 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 metrics crowd the saber metrics crowd you have a 933 career ops <laughs> and he didn't have a, a three or a four year career he had a sustained career and, and and produced everywhere he went. Now, he was a brutal fielder. I remember some of those escapades with him out in left field um, up for the White Sox. <laughs> those couple of years that he was there, he, he was not very good. a butcher. Uh, I believe butcher would be the proper term for somebody as bad in the field as he was. Uh, he, he had he had some, some interesting days out there patrolling the left field uh, at the whatever it's called now, but Comiskey Park, we'll call it. Uh, for posterity's sake, but yeah, no, that that's that's one of those. High you can do that when you average an RBI per game. Yeah, when you have when you have that level of performance, but you don't. Nobody, you know, he's been Ben Wad, but without the murder by <laughs> by baseball, right? Nobody talks about Albert Albert Bell in a positive light. No matter the fact that, like you said, he was robbed of an MVP on a pennant winning team. That's one of the worst decisions ever. There's no yeah. chance Mobile is more, more valuable than but that's it, And we'll never sniff the Hall of Fame because a lot of the people who vote for MVP probably vote for that as well. And this is your baseball right. writers of America, right? So 
you know, they're the gatekeepers, you know, they don't, you know, they're the ones wagging the finger at people, you know, you better talk to us, we, you better, you know, we, we, we're the ones that hold your, you know, your future, you know, the way you're remembered in our hands, and yeah, they, they wield that a little bit too much, because the, the on-field, the actual production was Hall of Fame worthy, but we probably get the most productive member of the Hall of Infamy, so far in baseball at least, out of this. He was he was awesome for those eleven years. He was absolutely uh, a destroyer. He homered in his yeah. last ever at bat. He was just productive all the way to the end. Yeah. And but he was impossible to, to cheer for. I'm telling you, that's about the strangest set of games that I have been to. And all of all of the Sox games that I went to probably went to over a hundred White Sox games. And the years that he was there, because he was so hated with the Cleveland Indian Guardians that. Uh, you had that built-up hatred for the guy. He's a division rival for all those years. And then all of a sudden, nope, he's a white side. So now we got to yeah. cheer for him. You couldn't even really cheer for him because he was so hated. Uh, and and the, the reaction from the crowd every time he yeah. came to the plate, it was almost yeah. like they were, kind of wait, they, they were kind of waiting for him to fail so they could boo him because they, <laughs> they didn't want him to do well because he's Albert he's, uh, he's He's Parkman from Major League Two. You ever I saw Major League, League Two? He was like I the did. jackass guy. He was a you did. He's the you know he's the guy who starts off on the gar, in Guardians <laughs> and uh, you know, but he's a jerk. But the fans all love him because he's their jerk. And then he gets traded to the White Sox. Fun, funny that we have those two teams <laughs> uh, in play. And then he you know they have to face him in the uh, LCS. And then everybody hates him now. And it's mm-hmm. very Albert Bell like. A very Dennis Rodman like now he could never be uh, in any kind of hall right, of infamy going, yeah, only because he's from, actually a hall of fame rebounder. But yeah, yeah. But going from the bad boys, right? Right, right. The, the I mean, Bulls any just, of those, any of those Detroit guys. But you know what? The Bull fans they embraced him, right? Because he was winning titles for them. Of course they embraced right. him. When he yeah. first got there, it was like, um, really, we're doing this? I don't but know. If, if, if the premise is they signed Albert Bell to protect. Frank Thomas in the lineup uh, that worked. Check and check. <laughs> Absolutely. So cannot um, argue that. Yeah, that that wasn't Kenny back then, was it? Who was running the team back then? I don't know, but you better stay out of White Sox business talking about Kenny. Better watch oh, that. Well, you know, just saying. I, I know. I'm actually saying they made a. a well, that's definitely before. I think that, that, I'm pretty sure it was before Kenny. Um, that that might be Shoe. That might be Shuler who Ooh, did that. Yeah, Jer- Shuler. As, as way way in the yeah. uh, way back machine. Yeah, yeah he was the deal. highest highest paid player in baseball when that deal was made, and and that's another thing that shows how uh, productive he was. That he made Jerry Reinsdorf come up off of fifty five million dollars, and mm-hmm. that's 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 not easy to do. Uh, and he did it for that guy, for for that that big of an asshole. But and, and he was worth the money because he was good. He was very very good. Uh, but completely infamous for his, his temper and all the things that he did. Yeah. So, But when, when you see the lists, when you see those top 10 lists, or you see any of the lists on MLB Network or ESPN, if they put up that list of your like your top 10 right-handed hitters, he's a top 10 right-handed hitter of our lifetime, isn't he? Yeah, him and Manny were on the same team, and they both are all-time great, Man. great power hitters. And Manny might not sniff the hall either because of all the, the steroid convictions and whatnot. Right. So that's that's another interesting discussion to have. On to the second inductee this year 
in the Baseball Hall of Infamy. And sometimes we both pull out names that you don't know who the guy is at all when you say the name, and then you have to listen to the story. And then you find, oh, like okay, yeah, I kind of remember who that is. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, 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 P, the P courier. Exactly. Like, who? Oh, that guy. So this year is my turn to bring out a name that you're not going to know who the hell it is when I say the name, but you will understand once I go through his backstory. Ladies and gentlemen, the second inductee in this year's Hall of Infamy, Yuri Sukart. Yuri Sukart is very simply A-Rod's fake Dominican cousin. A fake Dominican cousin, yeah. The career of Alex Rodriguez is forever tainted by his failed steroid test and year-long suspension for HGH and testosterone. The failed steroid test was never supposed to be public knowledge. In 2003, MLB took anonymous tests of every ball player in order to see if there was enough of a league-wide roids problem to mandate regular testing because looking at Barry Bonds and Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa wasn't evidence enough. The test results were secret until the list was seized by the feds as part of the Balco sting. A-Rod had told anyone who had asked, most notably Katie Couric in an interview, that he never used performance-enhancing drugs. But in early 2009, when the 104 names of the guys who tested positive became public, Rodriguez had to find a way to pivot and spin the situation. So he explained that, yes, he did feel pressure to perform up to his contract, and he did use some stuff back in 03. He also found time to bus toss his cousin, Yuri Sukart. In a wild press conference, Rodriguez claimed that a cousin bought a drug over-the-counter in the Dominican called Bali, and despite not knowing exactly what the stuff was, he injected it twice a month for six months. Everyone at the same time called bullshit on the idea that a top-notch athlete making millions upon millions of dollars would blindly inject some unknown drug from his Dominican cousin. The scapegoating worked to an extent, though, as Sukart was banned from baseball clubhouses and was treated by the media like a dangerous, steroid-peddling bad guy. There's a fascinating story from 2014 on Deadspin back when the site did good work. It describes the nature of Sukart's relationship with A-Rod. Let's just say that Sukart was a perfect fall guy. He had legal issues, he had financial issues, and he had a lifestyle thanks to A-Rod that he could not possibly have maintained if he had sang about his famous cousin. So he never sang, and eventually A-Rod would get caught cheating again and couldn't find anyone to blame but himself. So the fake in the description of Yuri Sukart is not referring to the kinship. He really is related to Rodriguez's New York people. The fake is everything else. A-Rod's loyalty to him was fake. His tale of taking shit that Yuri delivered from the DR was obviously fake. And the whole A-Rod aura was revealed to be a sham. He was the highest paid, the most popular, the best damn player in the world. But Alex Rodriguez is a punchline to this day, and his downfall began when he became a rat who squealed on his cousin, Yuri Sukart. Oh, yeah. Did I lose you, Jay? No, I'm here. That's one. I thought you were still going, so that's ah. my fault. No, that that's one I'm of sorry. those. Yeah, that's one of those deep cuts. Yeah. <laughs> but that we I remember talking about the fake Dominican cousin. The fake Dominican cousin, because that was your. Um, yeah, you named that one of oh, your. I had fantasy a fantasy team named as right. So that's how yeah, I remember. Sure as soon as yeah, so that was pretty easy for me to remember part of that when you started talking about the fake Dominican cousin. No. So that's pretty. Yeah, I got. I got a. I got Grant standing here next to me. <laughs> oh man, the next uh, inductee. He can't listen to this. 
No, no, no. I'm, he's not listening right now. He was just okay. talking to me for something. So, yeah, sorry. I was a little distracted there for a moment. But, yeah, that's that whole story. You know, you, want, you, you, take the, you take the failed drug test that people weren't supposed to know about, but then you just – then you double down. Then you crap all over the story, and you start lying, and you start making things oh, – that and, – and then that's why A-Rod, I think, is – you know, all these guys, all these guys who got busted. So let, let's go jump in the Wayback Machine here. How many sure. of these guys who got busted just would have said, yeah, I did it. Yeah, that, I did that it. Was the, I did it. You got me. That was the culture. You know, how much more fondly would these guys be remembered if they just said, hey, everybody was doing it. That was the culture in baseball. We were paid to perform. Nobody was stopping it, right? There was no regulation on it. So, So, yeah, we did it. Both of those guys only... would probably be in the Hall of Fame if there was a little contrition or admittance, but no, they all lied. All of them. They, I think they, the wagged, only guy their, that... they wagged their fingers. Well, no, it, yeah. Who's the who's the uh, choir boy? Jose Canseco. <laughs> right. No, I was gonna. No, I, I was actually gonna refer to the only guy that tried to just say, "Well, I I did it," and tried to just explain why instead of going through. Uh, oh, I yeah. did not have sexual relations with that woman. Uh, basically, the, the finger wag. Person. Yeah. Uh, the only guy that actually tried to sort of fess up to it was your favorite Andy Pettit. Uh, Everybody else, yeah, yeah, just I got the figure. I did not use steroids ever. Yeah, we we went through that when we had our induction of that entire uh, congressional meeting. Um, but yeah, A. Rod was right at the top of the list of guys who just could not admit what happened. He had to be squirrely. He had to come up with excuses. He had to bust off his cousin and. and everyone knew it was BS right from the beginning. And then when he fails again, later on, when he fails more tests, uh, it's like, okay, well that just justifies our, our hatred and our disbelieving everything that you were saying before, because we knew you were full of it. And then you, after all of that, you're going to go back and, and take some more stuff and get busted again and, and get suspended for a whole year. That's just, so yeah, he, he's, he was a total <laughs> fake, total fraud. Oh, but yeah, but then, but then to create the fake family member at, oh, Man, but you know what? I point a a plus for originality. <laughs> yeah, that no one saw that coming. That, that's for sure. Uh, so our our next inductee, uh, like I said, your your son can't listen to this because this is definitely not for. <laughs> no, don't uh, worry, you're not on an you're not on a, like an open speaker or anything here. Uh, thank goodness. Uh, like he, he he can't listen to this show until he's like eighteen because it's just just because of this particular segment. Uh, this next inductee goes into the Lee Ilya wing of, of famous oh. quotes and, and interviews. And yes. uh, I'm not sure if you've ever heard this before, because I don't know if we've ever talked about it. But uh, there's a, a certain, uh, uh, I don't know what you even call it, uh, this absolutely bonkers, insane radio segment featuring a Hall of Fame manager sounding very unlike a typical Hall of Fame manager. Uh, I give you the most un-PC two minutes and 30 seconds you could possibly ever imagine. Is it Earl, Earl Weaver? Weaver's Manager's yes. Corner? I've heard it. And now to the Manager's Corner with Earl Weaver. Hi, everybody. This is Earl Weaver with Manager's Corner. Today, I have Tom Moore, Oreo broadcaster, back on the show. And I under- understand Tom's been getting some mail uh, with questions that supposedly I can answer. Now, what the fuck are some of these goddamn questions, Tom? Well, first of all, Earl, George Moore from Baltimore is asking how much we feel the loss of uh, Don Stanhouse. 
Well, Don Stanhouse was an asshole. He had us in trouble, had the fucking bases loaded. God damn it, almost every fucking time he went out there, he liked to ruin my health smoking cigarettes, and thank God we got Timmy Stoddard coming in out the bullpen right now, sticking a bat up their asses. And that's what it takes. Well, Bill Whitehouse, Earl, that, that certainly is an answer. From uh, Frederick, Maryland, wants to know why you and the Orioles don't go out and get some more team speed. Team speed, for Christ's sake. You get fucking goddamn little fleas on the fucking bases, getting picked off, trying to steal, getting thrown out, taking runs away from you. You get them big cocksuckers that can hit the fucking ball out of the ballpark and you can't make any goddamn mistake. Uh, well, well, certainly this show is going to go down in history, Earl. Terry Elliott of Washington, D.C. Why wants to know why you don't use Terry Crowley as a designated hitter all the time. Well, Terry, Terry Crowley's lucky he's in fucking baseball, for Christ's sake. He was released by the Cincinnati Reds. He was released by the fucking goddamn Atlanta Braves. We saw that Terry Crowley could sit on his fucking ass for eight innings and enjoy watching a baseball game just like any other fan and has the ability to get up there and break one open in the fucking ninth. So if this cocksucker had mind his own business and let me manage the fucking team, we'd be a lot better off. Well, certainly you've made your opinions known on the fans' questions about baseball, Earl, but let's get to something else. Alice Sweet from Norfolk wants to know the best time to put in a tomato plant. Alice Sweet ought to be worried about where the fuck her next lay's coming from rather than where her next goddamn tomato plant's coming from. If she'd get her ass out to fucking bars at night and go hustling around the goddamn street, she might get a prick stuck in her once in a while. I don't understand where these questions are coming from, Tom. That's about it from Manager's Corner. Go fuck yourself in the fuck with your show coming up next on the Baltimore Oreo Baseball Fucking Network. I don't even have anything to add. I don't know what am I, I don't have any context. I don't know what the what yeah. possessed him to record that, but it, it's Yeah, it's that's what like, I mean. See, you listen to that and you go, "Okay, how how was that real?" Right? <laughs> that's the first thing you and, and then the second is it couldn't have. It could not possibly. That had to be like a mock segment or something where they're just playing around but you know what it's probably the most honest two and a half minutes (laughs) that you'll ever get out of a manager right because that's usually when you get the honest that's what we all wait around for is is the honesty that's probably exactly how he sounded on a daily basis yes i'm gonna (laughs) guess that was what the the locker room talks probably all sounded like but yeah no we i have heard that one before um Yeah, cause that that's 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 one of the great ones. That's one of the greats. That's but that definitely belongs there. But you'll have to put headphones on to listen to that one. Yeah, no that doubt. That one's not playing over the well. Neither is the Lee Elia one. Those those aren't playing over no. the loudspeaker. But I, I, but I think what's almost as funny as the actual interview part was the the guy asking the questions. Well, this is gonna <laughs> this is definitely gonna go. That I I don't know if it, what the the history of that of that recording is, but if that aired, oh, oh my God. I have no context. I have no idea. All I know is, is two guys obviously having the time of their lives and it's, it's just a joy yeah. to listen to. Both of them are, are cracking up during the whole thing. You can, you can, you can hear the smile on both of their faces while they're recording it. So they, they, they loved it. Uh, it it's lived on for years and years. That's a hall of fame manager who's no longer with us uh, doing a segment like that. If they ever caught, Lou Pinello, Sparky Anderson, uh, to do to do a segment, something like that, that would be so awesome. It would have been so great. But they had, uh, Tommy Lasorda or something like that. 
but they got Earl Weaver to do it, and and it's great, and we're the richer for it because that's uh, and and you can't have any of the managers today do that. Can you imagine Craig Council trying to do something like that? It w- it just would not ever go over. <laughs> not not a chance. For David Ross, old Grandpa oh. Rossi, nah. <sighs> so moving on to our fourth D, uh, we're gonna get a little light hearted. A little, you know, I'm so heavy. I always have these dark avenues and corners that I like going down. So I'm going to I'm gonna lighten it up a little bit for our fourth inductees. I'm going to get a little uh, inspirational. I would like to induct a tag team entry for our fourth inductee in the 2021 Baseball Hall of Infamy, the team of Jim Abbott and Curtis Pride. These inspirational big leaguers are infamous for making it to the major leagues despite some major handicaps. Maybe I was watching the HBO show Real Sports too much in my COVID hibernation, but they sure like to spotlight people doing amazing things with their bodies while missing some limbs. Between the mountain climbers with mechanical legs and the kid golfer who's now playing baseball also uh, despite having only one hand, uh, people are doing more with less now than ever before, I guess. But we had our heroes in baseball uh, overcoming adversity when we were kids, and they should be saluted as well. The more well-known of these two, obviously, is Jim Abbott, who famously threw a no-hitter as a member of the Yankees in 1993 against the Indy, uh, sorry, the Guardians. Uh, He had a remarkable career for someone born without a right hand. To see him field his position while balancing his glove on his stump was nothing short of extraordinary. Every time he did that, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's doing that. And, yes, he pitched for my White Sox, so I had occasion to see him live, but he was awesome to watch before he got to the South Side. Abbott won 87 games at the major league level and had an ERA of 4.25 while pitching in the steroid era. That's something for a man with both hands, nevertheless, just one. As for Curtis Pride, he struck a curious figure standing in at the plate with a huge honking hearing aid attached to his ear. Pride was an excellent athlete at many sports, despite being 95% deaf from birth due to a case of rubella. He was a starting point guard at the College of William & Mary, and before that he won the 1985 FIFA Under-16 Soccer Championship, scoring the game-winning goal. But baseball was his destiny. He came up in 1993 as a Montreal Expo. His best year was 1996 as a Detroit Tiger, hitting 300 and going double-double in homers and steals. Pride turned in a long, if not productive, career, playing until 2006 with six different teams. But he and Abbott were proud representatives of the disabled community, and they were symbols of the idea that obstacles are meant to be hurdled, and you really can do anything you want if you put your mind to it. Some inspirational big leaguers to remember, Jim Abbott and Curtis Pride. Wow. It's it's not all murder, folks. It's not. I don't have to be all negative. I can go positive. No. You know, even even the Albert Bell thing, he was, he was a whack job, but he was a legitimate great baseball player and and now you get the you know jim abbott and curtis pride and yeah playing playing through disabilities my my son um had a teammate on his team obviously he's six this is six and seven year olds mostly playing but yeah he, he had a teammate on his team who had one hand oh wow you know or, or one fully formed hand I, I guess we should call it you know and where he had right. to throw the ball and then he'd have to switch you know it wasn't as fluent as jim abbott but jim abbott had been doing it for um a long time, but that was always what 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 was. I'm the sure Abbott wasn't fluent at six either. That was the most incredible. No, incredible thing to watch was that transition that he yeah. made. That you know, once he pitched, 
than being able to slip the glove on and then field his position. Mm-hmm. And field it well. Yeah. And, and that was always just like, and it was, it was, it was seamless. I'm sure, you know, he'd had a lifetime to practice it, but that was always the thing that I remember, you know, with, with that. Uh, with Curtis Pride, yeah, obviously you can't hear. So it means you can't hear booze. I guess that's a good thing. <laughs> Turn that hearing aid down a little bit when you're on the road. Um, can't hear any heckling. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that's true. Yeah. You know, that's obviously we're, we're talking about Major League Baseball, but we, you know, we remember, we, we talk about it frequently on this show, the experience of watching blind kids play softball. Yeah, um, that was an experience. If we would have a blind major leaguer, that would be something. <laughs> now we already have blind umpires, so oh, I think it would make. Uh, I think it would be see. a natural transition that we can move into having. No, no, no. Oh, okay. Uh, no, I don't. I don't think so. Hey, hey! <laughs> you don't. You don't want me to start uh, talking about umpiring with this White Sox Uh-oh. Brewers series this weekend because it's been a shit show of bad umpiring. Not just behind the plate. That's just the league. That's the whole league. It's not just a series or a game. If you watch enough games, you will find it. It, It's it's terrible. It really is. I know it's really bad because you can't go more than two or three days on Twitter without seeing Angel Hernandez or Joe West (laughs) trending. And it's not for their good work at the the umpire position. (laughs) No. I mean, balls down the middle called balls balls a foot outside called strikes and it just doesn't stop yeah cb bugner trending on twitter is never uh, never a good thing i don't ever really see that but it's always angel hernandez you'll, you'll, <laughs> you'll always see this rotation of trending will be joe joe west angel hernandez or robot ump <laughs> or robot umps now or something like that Please. will always be hashtag robot umps now um, although I guess the robot umps have been uh, pretty inaccurate in some of the independent leagues and minor leagues, but they, you know, obviously if they're feeding in the, you know, Angel Hernandez program, <laughs> right? That would, yeah, <laughs> that would make sense. I, I would look at the but humans just, running the program before I look at the program. Just the stain on the good umpires that those guys leave. Oh, yeah, because it's a, it's a difficult so, job, but yeah. But yeah, you pulled a little inspiration out of something where we, you know, we're usually going to that dark place. I did. I wanted to. I got so much darkness on the the front and back end yes. of our induction this year. And, and, I wanted to get a little inspiration in there. And two guys who will clearly never uh, sniff the real Hall of Fame. So right. Although uh, Abbott we'll probably has some some material in there. They probably have his. Glove or cleats or something from the no hit. I bet you they do. Just, just for being, yeah, for 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 the, such a uniqueness of the story, but not the player, not yeah. what not what he accomplished, not for overcoming the disability. Uh, it, I, I did the quick Google search. The uh, the Earl Weaver interview was yeah. not aired live. It really, it really <laughs> was just. It was really just been. those two guys messing around. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I guess no that was, it, that was aired live. apparently it was found in a drawer by somebody <laughs> working at the station and they found it and they were listening to like the old tapes and they found that segment that was completely fake. Right. But like you said, you could clearly hear that those two guys were having the time of their lives. Oh even the guy God. who was trying to play the straight man was, was He's cracking having up. trouble. He was having trouble keeping it together. At those, but you know what? Those answers were great. <laughs> the, the planning, the tomato plant, he almost didn't get through it because oh. he knew it was coming. <laughs> 
But I'm he wondering, knew. though, about what, like, because that was clearly never meant to air. So I'm almost wondering if some of his opinions about the players were, like, his actual thoughts. <laughs> probably. Well, yeah, well, probably exaggerated, but, yeah, probably were, were yeah. had a germ of truth to it. I'm, I'm uh, Either that or if it was, like, he completely thought the opposite of him and he was just, you know, ribbing him. Right. And, and yeah, talking he shit loved about the guy, and he was, oh, he's yeah. lucky to even be on the team. <laughs> oh man! Again, if a, if a manager today would do a segment like that, it would it would be. Uh, I would love it, but it probably wouldn't be nearly as good because the guys today just yeah, they're not they don't have the same edges. Yeah, as the, guys the back interview in the day. process. That's why when you get those bits of honesty, when you get the the Richard Sherman, Bart Scott, you get any of those, you know, the, the famous coach. You know, like the Jim Morris stuff and Can't Herm wait. Edwards. It, it, yeah, you, you get <laughs> you get any of that stuff. It, it's so genuine that that's why you like you you want that because everything else is just so sort of saccharine. Playoffs, and that's what we remember. Yeah. We don't remember the oh, we just take one game at a time. You know, we we, we remember the yeah, we're on to Cincinnati. We're we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> You know, that, that's the stuff we remember. Hello? <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, lot, lot less memorable stuff these days because everybody's trying to be PC and, and make sure you don't offend and, and you got to right. make sure the sponsors aren't breathing down your neck saying, hey, what what the hell did you just say the other day? You can't be can't be. I mean, that. I think we've been on air long enough now that we were on air when Richard Sherman uh, had the, the Aaron Andrews interview. Um, and we loved it. Yeah, it was awesome. You know, we also said that you generally don't want to shove the microphone in the face of the guy who just, <laughs> you know, who, you know, coming out of the right. That's also why you, you don't want to do those things. But yeah, they they want to what they want to do is they want to run up and they want to shove because that's what they want. They never they hardly ever get it, but that's that's what they're after. You know, they're after the I'm mad as hell and I'm not going to take it anymore. They're not after the <laughs> you know one game at a time. Yeah, and the I guys. Just wanna, that I do. just want to thank. I just want to thank the Lord, you know. <laughs> and the guys that do that uh, right yeah. after a game that have the, yeah. the, clearly that that's not what they're feeling. They're just yeah. saying what they think they need to say to get out of the interview. Correct. Yeah, they're just, they're just trying I, to. I just have a problem though. All these guys, they thank God when they do something good, but nobody blames them when they lose, or nobody's like, "Oh, it was the devil." <laughs> the devil. The devil got me. Damn devil again. Yeah. <laughs> I guess God wanted me to lose. I went, oh, man, wait till somebody says that. Because they're all thanking God when they win. Oh, I just want to thank Jesus. Nobody thanks Jesus when they lose. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I have any response to that either. I don't. Because uh... I'm right. <laughs> <laughs> that's why. Because you're like, that's bulletproof. I, I, I got nothing to say to that. <laughs> I got no answer for that. It's the it's the devil. That, that should be the answer. I, I want somebody to start going that way when they when they you know when they interview the guy who you know just threw the pick six to lose the game. You're like, well, I don't know. Just the devil was the devil was after me. The devil made me because uh, God clearly intercepted that ball for that other guy and took it the other way. Jesus was on God, his team. God loves our team. Our our team is just we're, we're just favored. We just we're just blessed. We just hashtag <laughs> so we're blessed. blessed. That's right. Blessed, I'm so blessed. That was that. Uh, was that the NFL draft that year? I'm just blessed. I'm just so oh, blessed. Oh man, everybody was dropping that one. 
All right. One more to go. This is a quick one. It, it, it is. Um, well, they've been the, so the airtight. I, I, you know, there's not a lot for me. To, there's not a lot of like deep, meaningful stories that come out. These are this is a pretty this is a pretty rock solid airtight group that you got so far here. Do they clearly all deserve to be in? Uh, you know, unexpected ones, which makes me feel really good because you haven't taken anything that I have for next year. Because my 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 MLB done for next year. All right. Completely done. I, I mean, thank, hope nothing wipes off the. You know, memory off my phone because then I'm screwed and I got to come up with five more. <laughs> but yeah, I'm, uh, we haven't overlapped. You haven't stolen any of mine, and we're pretty new into the baseball one. Oh, hold on a second. Take over for a second. Uh oh. I, I guess Jay had a had a father moment and had to go take care of something that we we discussed a potential <clears throat> excuse me a potential inductee last show and I it, and he was already on my list and I didn't take him because I want Jay to take him because it's really you know it, it's about his team and it's about a a, a, a moment uh, for his team that he needs to uh, he needs to be the one to make that uh, induction because it uh, touched and affected him uh, more than it affected me although I was uh, affected as well as it turned out wait which one I was talking about that we discussed a potential inductee last show, and he was on my yes. list already. Oh, and I didn't it, take him. Oh, and I didn't use you know, him because I, I, I only it's put your the story. requirement. I only put the requirement on it that you have to pull the audio. If you did that, I would have. <laughs> that's one of those that we can't go into it unprepared. If, if you got the Earl, we don't right. Know. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, no, I didn't we, take it because it, it's your it's your story. It's it, it affected which you a lot more than funny because we me. pretty much just we told the story on the last after right. show. We even uh, we even went so far as to recount like where we were when it happened. Of course, we're talking mm-hmm. about the uh, the infamous only infamous if you're a Cubs fan because it's not <laughs> again this is not a national story. But we're talking about Brand Ball Brand Brown dropping the fly ball in Milwaukee yes. uh, when the Cubs were in the midst of the. First, ever, first ever wild card chase, and literally doing everything that they could to not win the wild card, and still found a way to win the fucking wild card. And uh. it's still, which also which ties in again to, you know, so that that ninety eight, uh, that ninety eight season, that was a oh man, that was you know what, the Cubs had just <laughs> sucked for the whole decade <laughs> of the nineties. They were not Badly. good. They were not good. And then I remember being at that twenty strikeout game. In, in, in May um, when Kerry Wood had the 20 strikeouts and you just, you had a feeling that this team wasn't great, but they were fun. And, and that, that was a, that wasn't, that wasn't the best Cubs team, obviously that I've seen, but I, I have so many good memories of that 98 team because they were, they were, they were memorable. <laughs> Let's just say that. It was a lot going on in 98. Yes. You had the home run chase, right? You had the whole mm-hmm. Sosa McGuire thing. You had, Kerry Wood broke onto the scene that year, and then you had the Cubs be in the first ever uh, NL wild card that year, and then winning um, a game 163 to get there. Yes, they did. And and, <laughs> and then uh, getting swept by the Braves. Well, but but they got there. And were the Renegades? Have they changed their name yet? <laughs> The the brave hearts uh, that that oh, has not like happened that. yet. Okay. 
actually the the Mel Gibson connotation. I don't think that would work either. But anyway, mm, no, no, <laughs> definitely don't want to. They, uh, to they, 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 but they could him. change their name if they want to keep the Mel Gibson thing going. They could call their, themselves the Sugar Tits. <laughs> I definitely don't think that one would be approved by baseball. Oh. Jersey's uh, be uh, interesting. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, on to our last inductee. Um, trying to stretch the show, out and, yeah, I was right. Filibustering there for you. So anyway, the uh, negativity returns. I said we're oh, yeah. bookending our our Chicago connection. I have to say, uh, this we... show has been been uh, light on murder and rape. So you better bring, well, bring in it. Uh, I'm, I'm bringing another uh, infamous player uh, in right. Chicago history. We started oh, okay. with Albert Bell, and let's continue and end with another infamous player that touched Chicago at one time. And we'll talk about infamous and, and talk about another uh, psychopath and somebody that had some serious, serious mental issues. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one and the only Milton Bradley. but he's a winner at the game of life. Uh, not this one. That's a different Milton Bradley. That's the white oh, guy. This is not the same guy. Got it. <laughs> Milton Bradley was an outfielder for a whole mess of team. Uh, he is infamous for being an ass everywhere he went. Bradley, he was a like good player. Albert... <laughs> That's the sad part, too. You've actually bookended this with guys who were good <laughs> baseball right. players, but just psychopaths. Bradley, like Albert Bell, will be remembered for having a ton of potential that was wasted because neither dealt with adversity very well. Bradley's temper may have been hereditary. His father was a Vietnam vet cokehead who beat up Bradley's mother, so violence was a normal atmosphere from jump. He carried that throughout his career, starting with a brawl in the minors after being hit by a pitch. Probably because of his buffoonery, teams couldn't wait to trade him despite his productivity. He only played a couple of years in Montreal, the team that drafted him, before they sent him to Cleveland. It was in Ohio in 2003 where Bradley decided that he didn't feel like accepting a speeding ticket and simply drove off. Eventually, well, you know, he was the natural thing to do. Eventually, he was sentenced to three days in jail. The next year, he was shipped off to the Dodgers. That tenure was punctuated by a June 1st, 2004 ejection in which Bradley afterwards flung a full bag of baseballs onto the field. In September, a home fan threw a plastic bottle at him for botching a ball in the outfield, and Bradley threw it back at the guy. That got Bradley suspended for the rest of the season. Los Angeles sent him to Oakland during Hot Stove 2005. He was good for the A's, but they dealt him to the Padres the next summer. The antics took a truly ridiculous turn on September 23, 2007. In the heat of a playoff race, Bradley got so mad at umpire Mike Winters, who had cussed at Bradley earlier, that he tore his own ACL being restrained by his manager, Bud Black. <laughs> the Pods would lose a one-game tiebreaker with the Rockies and miss the playoffs. Bradley moved on to Texas in 2008 and played well enough to make the All-Star game. All's well, right? Uh, no. In June, before the All-Star nod, Bradley heard some negative comments about him made by Royals broadcaster Ryan Lefevre and, like any professional, decided to run up four flights of stairs to try to confront him before being restrained. In 2009, he made a one-year stop on the north side, racking up in his briefs Cubs tenure a suspension for bumping an ump and assault on a Gatorade cooler after making an out and throwing a ball into the stands after making a catch, thinking they were three outs. They were only two. <laughs> his verbal spats with manager Lou Pinello were reportedly legendarily hot, which is not a surprise. 
The Cubs traded Bradley to Seattle where his career ended after the Mariners had enough and cut him. If you guessed that this hothead was a ball of fire off the field as well, you would be correct. Bradley racked up domestic violence charges against his first wife like Pac-Man going after yellow pellets. Monique Williams would die at age 33 from cirrhosis and cardiac arrest, and if that isn't the logical ending to being involved with Milton Bradley for 10 years, I don't know what is. He was charged with battery in 2018 of his second wife, Rachel. It was an absolute tornado of anger, frustration, and aggression anytime Milton Bradley appeared. No one earned the reputation of being infamous more than him. Ladies and gentlemen, our last inductee this year, Milton Bradley. Wow. Heavy on the crazy. Uh, no murder. But that is a, again. Well, I kind of count the first wife uh, as almost. Uh-oh. You're 33. No, I'm not saying yeah. he did it to her, but I'm saying okay. you're 33 and you die of cirrhosis and cardiac I arrest. You were, I thought you were breaking news on the show. No, I don't I don't think he'd been water. I don't Maybe think he, it, he took her out. This I'm just saying turned into should, Nancy Grace over here. Let <laughs> I me mean, tell you something. No, I, I'm America's most wanted. He, he stressed her to death. You don't die at 33 from cirrhosis and cardiac arrest unless you're stressed the fuck out. And you got to be stressed the fuck out being with Milton Bradley. It it's, makes perfect sense to me. So he may not have killed her, but he kind of killed her, in my opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, massively talented. Again, yeah. you don't get signed by that many teams if they don't think you can play, right? Especially if you're a headache. And it was trades. It was. It was. Yeah, it wasn't just being signed. Of, it was other teams kept saying, "Yeah, we'll take them. We'll take a chance. Yeah, we'll give you yeah. something for them. Yeah, we'll we'll give you something for them, or we'll sign you to a one year deal, or you know, not a lot of multi year deals. <laughs> People, they knew no. better. Um, I, I think a lot of these teams are probably hoping that we could we let, let's give them a one year deal. Hope he doesn't like destroy our future, and then we can trade him at the deadline. <laughs> Things aren't working out, you know. <laughs> Because he's got he's got the potential. I remember when he was with the Cubs, he he, he could play. Mm-hmm. You know, he, no, he, he, he always a, could play. Yeah, he was a good hitter. He was good on defense. Uh, yeah, I, I I liked watching Milton, but yeah, he was he was a nut job. And uh, you, you found you found the two, and yeah, you got one on the north side, one on the south side. Uh, Man, you talking about two? Yeah, two yeah, absolute one, crazies. Neither one of them had uh, overly long tenures <laughs> or stays w- with our hometown right. teams, but they they definitely uh, they definitely made their mark everywhere they went. They, you know, they they weren't even of that like even you with Albert Bell talking about it, they weren't that guy you loved if he was on your team, but you hated him if he was on the other team. You kind of didn't like him even on these your team. Just kind of, yeah. These were just kind of bad guys. <laughs> Didn't matter what uniform they put on. He's like, I, I still don't like him. He, he's but on my really team, but I still don't like hitting him. baseballs. When they're not trying to tear hitting, umpires' yeah. heads off or, or beating up their, their, their wives. Yeah, I, I didn't realize, and I'm sure you didn't even hit every point. Uh, but, yeah, oh. that, that's, a, that's, a, that's a laundry list of, it of, is. of trying to fight people. That's just, yes, like, like you said, that's just a lot of, lot of anger. Just everywhere he went, every time he, he a yeah. new town, new fresh start. Oh look, he's cussing somebody else out. Oh look, he's trying to attack the other, the other team's broadcaster. Oh boy, now he's throwing bottles yeah. at fans in the stands. Ugh, just everywhere he went. 
So yeah, wow. that's, uh, that's 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 my induction. We we got four minutes live, and, an, and, and that's an unexpected list. That was that was, uh, but it's always unexpected. I, I don't think you know we, we've reached the point with a lot of these where we don't just we we don't go for the, all the obvious low hanging fruit. Well, in baseball, we st- like I said, we have so many because it's, yeah. it's relatively new. There's so many guys still and and incidents uh, that we haven't covered and. Uh, Football, uh, it is getting uh, a little thinner as it goes as the years go on. We we definitely have uh, covered a lot of territory and, and uh, sounds and and speeches and, and sound drops um, and inanimate objects, uh, everything you could possibly come up with uh, for for football. So uh, I still think I got a lot left in football, but I, I admit it's you know getting thin. Um, I still have a lot of names written down that uh, you'd probably be like, oh, yeah, that guy. I remember what he did. Yeah. Um, so there's still, a, there's still a good number yeah. of those guys. We get, some of those, with, we get some of those moments where all of a sudden the palm hits the forehead and we go, well, wait, he's not in yet? How, we, how did we miss that? How do we that? leave him out? Yeah, how did we miss that one? Well, my list, my list this year is – I got a fun list. I'm all over the place, you know. Yeah. I like the every other year format. Uh, that we've got going on where we can kind of do, you know, we, we, we swap off. And that's why I like that we dropped in the the baseball sort of as that alternate one, because that gives us both something to do each year. Instead of just waiting right. two years for our show, um, kind of, and we both, you know, the, the two loves are baseball and football, you know. Right. So, Although we, I know we, I had, we... Uh, uh, informally discussed uh, adding a, a third yes. hall of everything. I was thinking about making everything else. The hall of everything else, or mm-hmm. um, I was thinking about instead of calling it the hall of infamy, you'll like this one. The catch-all of infamy. <laughs> uh, that's that's clever. I, I, I do Thank like you. That. <laughs> so that would be because trust me, <laughs> there's a lot. Yeah. Oh yeah. From, that we could come up with. So, um, you know, I, I think, I don't think we'll do it this year. Um, cause we're sort of on schedule now. Yeah. But I'm thinking next year for off season, uh, maybe we start planning on each, maybe we do an, like an inaugural one where each of us come up with the five for the, what I'm, what I'm now going to call the, the catch all of infamy. So see if that catches on. Okay. Cause you know, it's a little well. play on hall of infamy. It, it is, and it does. I, it, catches, I get it. it catches all the rest of the sports. Um, I, I, I would prefer to keep it more sports focused. Yeah, because if I, we I, open it up too wide, then now we're going back into you know high right. school and. Uh, yeah, but I, I want to keep it more sports related because we we do you know as people listen to this show would know we do talk about other sports. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we we had two two shows in a row where we talked intelligently with each other about basketball. Oh, that 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 guy Giannis, that that yeah. Giannis guy. I don't know if he's yet? a star or not. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We didn't get our caller to call up and weigh in because he didn't give us an answer. <laughs> right? He, he, kinda, well, he asked us the question. He, he asked us the question, but we never really got the answer of like what he thought. Like, do you do you use it? Because I think it, my answer is well, that's a dumb question. <laughs> but it wasn't framed up to us as that was his question. It was framed up to us as he heard this question in sports media, which that's one of those shockingly dumb. That's how I know it's a real question because it's so dumb. 
it sounds like one of those first in pizza type mm-hmm. type questions that they throw. I, I could totally see them throwing that at, you know, Stephen A. Smith or Max Kellerman or, or any of those guys or any around the horn. And they're always, to be honest, wins the, the oh, oh, my brain hurt when I heard that one. I was like, uh, you mean he's not a superstar? Well, if he no, wasn't before a, that game. Well, your answer is. He, he, right. he is now. But your answer so that was, was, was correct that the only reason anyone would think he's not a superstar is because he's in Milwaukee. Yes. Oh, thank you. We didn't we didn't have time to dissect my answer. I didn't realize that you were in alignment with me on that one. There, there's nothing to dissect. That's I mean that's just so stupid. If he was playing for the Knicks, he would be like oh, the yeah. megastar of megastars. Yeah, he'd be the he'd be the East Coast LeBron. Mm-hmm. Right, and everyone will be talking up how you know it's a collision course, Knicks and Lakers, LeBron versus Giannis, and that's all everybody will be wondering and, and thinking about. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, well, we can we get into that into the after show because we can talk about that experience and, and sort of dissect because uh, we did our last show right before Game Six. Right. And that was coming right off of that crazy Game Five finish um, where we had done that show uh, just a week ago kind of doing our, our catch-up show, um, you know, little, doing a little housekeeping, just felt like, oh, you know, we kind of have that little clock that goes off in our heads that says, it's that time for a show. Ding! Mm-hmm. It's been too long. Well, I mean, we're making all this this money from the ad revenue. Oh. We, we got <laughs> to give the people what they want. <laughs> yeah. You can't buy much wow. anymore for $5. Um, yeah, you can't even buy a football. I will tell you, next time I... Those next, prices you, went up. You handle the dues. Next time I send in the, the, the dues... It's going to be a that check's going to be five dollars less. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't think to to charge you uh, full freight. Absolutely, you earned that five dollars less. <laughs> That's right, no I doubt held up about my end. <laughs> so when I so when I, when I when that next check comes, whatever it's for, that five, it's going to be ending in a five. You just watch. Mm-hmm. Five, five and five spend, and five. I, don't don't spend that all in one place because we didn't get twenty, right? We got ten. We got ten and, and like ten cents. I don't. I have oh. no idea what uh, oh, why they decided to do it like that. <laughs> I was holding out on. Now that next, <laughs> aha, cat's out of the bag. You're holding out, so that next check's gonna end in four ninety five. I was holding out that dime. Yeah, <laughs> keeping that dime for myself. I thought no, I thought you were gonna keep it for uh, our week eighteen picks this year. <laughs> I, it's not a physical dime. I can't flip which, it. I, I can't. Uh, yeah, which sounds weird saying. It really does. Everything's going to be weird about it. Everything's going to be, yeah. But the, you know, yeah. The, the whole uh, uneven number of games is going to be weird. Everything is going to yeah, be weird. Yeah, te- having the teams play, well, you know we're on a collision course with an 18-game schedule. Definitely. Honestly, I think we are only a few years away here from two preseason games. And just because what you're going to have is you're going to have the teams, and rightfully so, complaining that they're getting nine or eight home and road games. Exactly. All right, we're getting shafted. We're, we're getting nine road yeah. games this year, and, and all our uh, division competitors are getting uh, eight or something like that. I know. Yeah, they're talking about funny. my Falcons this year only get seven home games because they're getting a London game. As one of their oh, home games. Oh, jeez. <laughs> so they only had eight home games to start, and one of them now is going to be in London, so they only have seven home games. And do they have a right to complain? Yeah. I think they had mm-hmm. a right. I, honest, no, I don't want to say this because people think, oh, you're being a fan. Any team getting that would have a right to complain. 
That's right. Normally it's the Jags, right? Due to the Jaguars getting that. It feels like the, the Jags are moving towards having like four of their eight home games yeah, over feels, there in London. Feels like they're on their way to being the London Jags. The London Jags, yes. Yeah. So, oh, uh, we are in the after show, just like we that. are. So, yeah, all right, like that. NBA NBA Finals Game Six. Um, Giannis was a superstar before that. Now Giannis <laughs> is a megastar. That's all she wrote. I read the same things that you were talking about, so I had it all verified that, yes, the ratings were up, but they were still bad. And that, that sort of ties in, you know, they were up 30%, 32%, I think was the number over the bubble year last year, but it's the fourth lowest rated finals of the last 17 or 18 years overall. So I don't know what the ones, obviously you had the bubble and then you have two others. I don't, I'm wondering what those other two were. I'm curious. I'm not going to look it up because you don't expect bucks and sons <laughs> to be a big uh, media draw. So the fact that it beat anything, I guess is a sign of it, uh, things are moving. I'd take a positive away from that. Plus the fact that they increased so much coming I off of the bubble. Was- I was absolutely about to say the exact same thing. I was that I was uh, pleasantly surprised that Suns Bucks was up thirty two percent from uh, LeBron last year. Yeah, like that's stunning. <laughs> the fact that they did know. that much. Better. I don't know if there's LeBron fatigue. I don't know if it's that as as much as it was just the weirdness of the the timing the of the NBA Finals yeah. and also the location in the bubble. Um, yeah. I think all of that combined is, is why it was so low last year. Yeah. Because the finals happened watch, even later in the year than this, right? This is yeah. late as hell for uh, the finals, but last year a, was even This is a month later than it should be right now. Last year was but, really weird because they finished right. and then the season started. <laughs> hey, as the NBA Finals is over. Now get ready for yeah, the regular season, the, which starts in I, I three I want to say that's, that started bleeding into football season. I mean, this is long. It, it was... It, it went long. long. It went really long, and that's what caused them to have that Christmas start. Right. Which so they had then the, toyed around with the idea of, like, well, this is actually really working. Maybe we should do this Christmas start every year, but I have a sense they're going more back to that Halloween-type start, early November start again. Yeah, the talk, the brief talk about starting Christmas every year uh, was combined with the, the possibility of, of shortening the season, which ah. is not going to happen because that takes money out of owners' pockets. So that's Correct. just that's a non-starter. Correct. Um, yeah, it was uh, during it was definitely football and baseball going on while basketball was finishing up with the finals. So it definitely felt like a complete afterthought. Like all oh, the the finals are still going, really. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm not surprised that the ratings are so low for that. But people who didn't watch missed, missed a hell of a series. They did. It was very it was good fun. basketball play. It, it, it yeah. was. If you take away that first half of game six, that was awful <laughs> basketball. That was Phoenix playing as bad as they could possibly play in the first quarter to then only be outdone by the Bucks playing even worse in the second quarter. Um, and you ended up with a game, I think it was five or six point lead for Phoenix at halftime. And I was just like, I just watched the Bucks 
completely crapped the bed in that second quarter, and they weren't getting their doors blown off. I knew it happened. They're only down. They were, yeah, I knew at halftime they're they were going to win. Six. Yeah, because I'm mm-hmm. like, they're not as bad as what they just did in that in that uh, second quarter. And Phoenix wasn't nearly as bad as they were in that first quarter. You know, and, and then you know, they're talking about all the stats, like the Bucks in the first quarter had seven or eight turnovers, and they were up. <laughs> That's how bad Phoenix played in that first quarter, and then the Bucks turned right around and were like, hold my beer. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah? Watch this, you know, and then this is – but the second half was very good. So anybody who sat through and slaved through that first half and turned off the TV actually missed an, an incredibly exciting uh, second half. Not, and, and what ends up being some of the most exciting drama of the night was watching Giannis refuse to miss free throws. Unbelievable, huh? Like that's that's the superstar. Like when it's when it matters, when it counts, yeah. when the, when the championship's on the line, I'm, I'm going to do everything I need to do to to put my team yeah. over the top, including drain free throws. Yeah, seventeen out of nineteen from the line for a guy who's a fifty-seven, fifty-eight percent free throw shooter. Uh, believe it or not, seventy-one point seven percent career, uh, according to. Uh, what I'm reading on his, his bio page on uh, on Roto World, uh, but yeah, 17 of 19 is still unbelievable, uh, considering how much uh, struggling yeah. that he was doing. Um, first player since Shaq in 2000 to score at least 40 points three different times in a finals. I think that's, that's superstar. They won every game, and they won every one of those games. First player in history in the history of the league, to record at least 40 points with at least 10 rebounds and at least five blocks in a finals game. I think that's superstar stat. And, and to save that for the closeout game. For when they needed it the most. Yeah. So so the, the, your big knock is you can't hit the free throws. You go out and you hit the free throws. You're playing on a bum knee. And don't be shocked if it's a month from now and the news leaks out that he was way more hurt than they were letting on. Definitely. Because the dunks weren't there, it was a lot of layups. But when, they, but even when they needed the dunks, he found, he got up and did that too. He, he still found a way. But there, there was you know at, at, earlier in the game, drains a three. He was starting to hit some mid range jumper. Just, yeah, all that was in finding a way. You don't realize that sometimes you don't realize it when you're watching it, but then you go back and you're like, that was that was all time. That was an all time finals performance. Um, the uh, and then to have, to have the, the block to win game four, mm-hmm. the dunk to win game five after the holiday strip, and then that yep. performance to just cap it all off in in game six. Uh, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. But I'm still not sure if he's a superstar yet, though. Got to ask Lou and still, Jersey yeah. is the only one who can make that determination. He's <laughs> one... He's the one that asked the question, so therefore he's the only one that can possibly okay. answer. Okay, yeah, that the two MVPs, the NBA Finals MVP, and a and statistically, what would be considered one of the best NBA Finals performances ever? One of the most dominant finals in history, absolutely. Yeah. Whether you're watching That's, it uh, yeah. live or whether you're just looking at the stats, no matter how you want to look at it, absolutely dominant. And you think of the guys who've played in the NBA Finals, even just in our lifetimes, and how they've dominated. And this might have topped most some of it, topped a lot of those. And that's not recency bias; it's in the numbers. 
No, that's just watching the damn game. <laughs> um, and the Greek freak be a Greek don't wanna, freak. Don't want to just talk about Giannis because the stones on Chris Middleton to hit that jumper yeah. at the end of that game were that was immense because that was a contested shot and that that didn't touch the rim. Hey, he uh, he was. The the second banana that you need, it, nobody yeah. wins it alone. We say that all the time. That's all true. It was, he was he was the pimpin'. They they everyone needs a pimpin'. Every star needs a uh, you know at least two you know one or two other guys to to come through for him. Nobody wins a championship all by themselves. Um, and, and Middleton definitely was a great second banana. Drew Holiday was a very key uh, third, fourth guy. They even got contributions from former Bull Bobby Portis, uh, who was Bobby Portis, you know, is. We didn't talk about him much. Did we talk about him with his home road splits? Because the fans, they love him. He's the fan yeah. guy. He's the pump-up guy, and he took over sections of that game. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's, he's got that energy. He, he had that at fucking Arkansas back in college. He's <laughs> always been that guy. To, to, he has those streaks where he just gets this wild yeah. look in his eyes and, like, you can't oh, stop man. him. Like he's, but he's a complete he, ghost on the road. <laughs> in that series, he was just, he feeds off the energy of the fans. The fans love him, and you can just you can feel it. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's he's got the crazy eyes thing going. But he's the guy talking earlier. He's the guy you love him when he's on your team, and you hate him, right? When he's on the other team, and I you, love... you know the Phoenix fans were watching this going like Bobby Portis, uh, really. Bad. Really? Shit, come on. Yeah, they probably pulled a Earl Weaver on him. He needs to go out and get a prick in his ass or something. Uh, um, but yeah, no, no I, I, I talked about the when depth. the Bulls drafted him. Yeah, I talked about the depth of that Bucks team, and and it, it played out. Mm-hmm. And they but not household it. names. I mean, you can right. work your way towards being household names when you go out and you win an NBA Finals. Um. So you know they're going to get a lot. They'll, they'll be getting more of the prime time games. They'll, you know, you got to throw. We got to put them on. You know, if Christmas isn't Bucks Lakers, I don't know what is. <laughs> right. I think I think that's a great call. Yes, I think that's, yeah. that's pretty obvious. Right. They're going to want Giannis and LeBron on Christmas Day. You know that. Yeah. NBC yeah, th- can send me the royalties for that. <laughs> I'm sure they were considering it before. Uh, yeah, yeah. Every every uh, champion needs those role players that you have no idea who they were before, and and yeah. they may not do anything after. I remember those Bulls teams that got contributions from guys like Judd Bushler and <laughs> Steve uh, Kerr. <laughs> yeah, you know, absolutely. Uh, well, they always the Bulls always had that like white Bobby Hanson. Yeah, Bobby Hanson and Steve and John Paxson. Yep. And Steve Kerr and uh, you know Craig Hodges. Now these aren't white guys anymore, but Craig Hodges. They always had that three ball guy, Bob B.J. Armstrong. Craig, you know, you know they would just these guys would somehow just they'd step up or they'd hit those key shots. And uh, you know the the Pat Connaughton thought he was that guy. But he was, <laughs> he was trying. He was trying to be that guy. But, he wanted uh, to be. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah sir, you are no John Paxson. <laughs> Ideas of being the next Kerr in his in his eyes. And, uh, he uh, thought he was. I'll say that. I'll at least give that to Pat Connaughton. Was he had the confidence to be the guy, and then just bricked his shots. 
Now, now here's maybe uh, something for a, a possible catch all of fame uh, inductee. <laughs> I, I remember. We're the, already the thinking about it. Big, bulky dude with not that much talent, but got on a hot streak during an NBA Finals, and all of a sudden, there's Scott Williams uh, coming through and getting a big yeah. free agent contract, basically pulling a Scott Mitchell and just you know, cashing in with the exact right moment. Uh, yeah. So no matter who you are, you Damn. can if you get hot at the right time, Wait. you can you can make a name for yourself. Is Scott Scott Mitchell's not in the Hall of Infamy, by the way? I it's going back too long. I can't I, I can't pull any uh, NFL I, players and say they're definitely <laughs> in or not. I don't know. I'd have to I look at the list. Don't think he's in. I think in. you're right. I think you're right. Wow. I'd have to go go update your list. That, that's uh, shocking that, to me. That, that's my point. There's still guys. That's, There's still yeah, guys. football, well, obviously, let's see. With football, you have 53-man rosters. Right, right. You know, so I'm, uh, I'm trying to A lot to go more back. guys that can make names for themselves. That would have been August. You got the 2020 NFL Hall. Oh, that's right, because I'm so terrible at I'm so terrible at posting my stuff on the blog. I'm bad. I admit it. Well, I, I got the list. So but there's the here it is. Here's the yeah. You got the master list, and I yep. yeah, wow. This goes back to 2011. This will be our yes. Oh my god, we've been doing <laughs> the NFL ones for 10 years. Oh, that's wow. right because it started, it started on, on the blog. It started on the blog because that's right because when we did the first one on the podcast, we kind of did a, a a recap. Yes, to look back. Of who all was in, and oh yeah, we have a ghost. I forgot we had a ghost in the Hall of Infamy. <laughs> we got everything. <laughs> we have a little yeah. We have a porno movie. We have a ghost. <laughs> we have a father son combo. Oh my god, we have we, we have we have uh, actual um, what do you call it? Um, like actual just paraphernalia. <laughs> oh, all sorts of objects. If, if oh I yeah. Actually, could build a real hall of infamy, like a, a brick and you gotta, mortar. You have to go and find these things. Uh, oh. No, I shockingly, shockingly. Uh, oh, you might even have to update the Tim Tebow one as he's trying his comeback now. <laughs> um, Scott Mitchell is not in the NFL. That just shows you how deep the roster is. Yep, there's a lot. For, there's a lot of guys. The NFL. Uh, baseball, we started, does this sound right? We started baseball in 2017. So that's a much shorter yeah. list. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, but it's a good list. Sure. And I and do like plenty, how we plenty do, left uh, you've got a, you've got a tendency that you sneak in combos. So you've, you've done, you've done like, you know, you did Doc Gooden and Daryl Strawberry, and you did the, all the two-way guys. So you you lump you're lumping in multiple players. I did that with the law firm, right? Uh, of Womack, Glanville, and Die. Yeah, sometimes which, it which just... is one of the biggest inside jokes that we have because well, that that is strictly <laughs> a, that is just like just a fantasy play. And I kept telling you you should draft those guys late every year, and you never would, and they would just mm-hmm. kill. They just rake. Yep, that's fine. But uh, yeah. No, if it if it jumps out that there's a, an obvious connection that I just have to make them sort of an entry uh, as a as a duo or a trio, then then I yeah. will do that. Like this year, uh, Jim Abbott could have had, had an entry by himself, but I really did want to think back yeah. also to Curtis Pride because 
those are the two that stuck out to me. Like it was shocking when you would see Jim right. Abbott pitch with, with the, the missing right hand. And it was uh, to me equally shocking to see Curtis Fry standing up there. Like I said, with his humongous hearing aid and it's mm-hmm. like, what? Wow. He's really uh, up there deaf as hell and, and playing major league baseball. Okay. Well, you're not, you're not going to uh, accuse him of, of telling anybody what's coming or, or communicating with his teammates. Cause he's, he's deaf. He's completely, he doesn't know yeah. what's happening. Uh, and then I forget last year, you know, to keep my theme from football going, I got the father-son combo uh, last oh, yeah. year. Yeah, I, I like your write-up. White, white trash White Sox fans. I like that. <laughs> oh, God, That's just what leaves. you're famous for. You're just famous for being white trash White Sox fans. So. Pretty much. Uh, I love the Leguiz. The wing of quotes. Yeah, we've got it all. We got the cheese. We have a cheese grater in there, just for. <laughs> uh, man. So the, the baseball sure one. It feels like we have just scratched the surface with baseball. No, so. Certainly. So I'm guessing now you just go in and update the master list. Yeah, I'll uh, do that uh, either after this show tonight or tomorrow morning. It won't be. It won't be long. It'll definitely be because I'm. You know, don't have to work tomorrow, so I'll. If I don't do it tonight, I'll be around all day tomorrow. Then, and yeah, I'll just update the master list and, and keep doing that uh, after after every show. I'll do it again after you do your uh, football entry in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I'm excited for that. So we're leaving for vacation tomorrow, so that'll be good. I'll be off off the grid, so to speak, for a week. That's going to be nice because we are actually staying at a cabin up on Lake Superior. That's up there. Um, yeah. So we're going to be up. It looks like it's going to be you know not too hot you know it's supposed to be like low upper 70s low 80s the whole time we're there we are literally right on the shore of the lake where we're staying so that's going to be nice yeah. Um, so yeah we're, we're excited that's just to, to get a week away sort of the opposite of branson which was just go 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 and oh my god you just look at places and they cost money it felt like Mm-hmm. Everything we did was seventy bucks. Didn't matter where we went. It, did, it was dinner, seventy bucks. It was the arcade, seventy bucks. Mini golf, everything. Just, just, just figure. That's what they should just do. Every place you walk to in Branson, they're like, they just give us seventy dollars. Like everything oh. in the Dollar Tree is a dollar. Every activity in Branson, seventy bucks. Seventy bucks. Yeah, go to the take the kids to the aquarium, seventy bucks. Uh, that was that was an expensive trip, and it wasn't a long trip, but I was I was beat. After, it after couldn't have been too long at that was, rate because you would have been out of money. Yeah, we've been broke. It was just yeah. go, go, go. It was an assault. It was like Vegas was to what? Remember, like how tired you were after Vegas? I don't remind. I was me. I was out of commission for two weeks after. Like, I came home to vaca- to be on vacation. Mm-hmm. After after the craziness and all the all the walk in and just the overload on your senses. That's what kind of like Branson was. Hmm. It um, really was. It it was just a lot. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed it. It would have been quite that, that hectic. I'm, I'm not familiar with, with Branson. So it, it's more, you know, it, it, you, you know, I would use the Wisconsin Dells up here as a, as a, as a good example, but with more shows. I don't so. Okay. You were in Pigeon Forge, right? Um, uh, you drove through Pigeon Forge, you know, with Dollywood yeah. and all that. It's similar, kind of like that, where they have all the shows. And 
that's probably the closest analogy to a place that you've been to, but just on a, on, on, it's just more. So imagine what's going on down there in the Pigeon Forge area. Just imagine more of that. Right. And kind yeah, of we spread right... out over an area. You drive right through it to get into Gatlinburg. Right. Yeah. We where we we did the Catman uh, thing secluded and and yeah. completely relaxed and whatnot uh, because we went past the, the really uh, busy areas um, and we really enjoyed our cabin uh, trip uh, with the possible exception of dying every time we went around a corner because again there was nothing around those corners uh, if you went yeah. off the edge except air. What, what, what's that around the corner? Just the Grim Reaper. That's <laughs> just death. It's just certain yeah, death. Standing there with the bony finger pointing out <laughs> at you. Yeah. Around every corner. With, with warps in the road. Like, it's bad enough trying to drive yeah. this shit on regular <laughs> pavement. And then yeah. there's, like, curves that just fall off if you if your tire goes yeah. over there. Like, like you aren't, no these, aren't these curves supposed to be banked for the way I'm turning, <laughs> not banked towards the, the cliff? Right. What the hell? I don't. I don't. That don't make no sense to me. I did not come up here to drive a Mario Kart. I came up here for a fucking vacation. <laughs> Jesus. I will tell you, there was a stretch of road. It was straight, straight as an arrow, but it was probably the most scared I've ever been driving. And it was in Tahoe. It was down there with my wife. You're going. You're on the like the south end of the lake, and you're coming away from like one of the parks areas where you were down by the water and it starts going up and up and up and you're going up for a while and now you're like way above the lake you've got to be like a thousand feet up the side of this thing up above the lake and the road just goes straight across and it's just the road both sides dropped off completely ah so it wasn't like you were there was a cliff on one side like in the mountains usually you're driving yours you've got the mountain on one side and then you've got the you know, death on the other side, right? You usually got right. that. To pin- no, no, this was death on both sides and no guardrails. Whoa. And this stretch had to be at least a mile long. It felt longer, but, and there wasn't much shoulder. There wasn't a car width of a shoulder. And it was, so yeah, so you're talking about a straight road. Just keep the car straight. Don't <laughs> and, get sleepy. But no margin for error. And don't don't and be was, drowsy it driving. It's crazy. Man. I have never, I've never anywhere I've been driven on anything like that where it was just complete drop off on both sides. It's usually like what I'm used to in the mountains out west or even down south. You know, you're in the slope. So one side you'll fall to your death. The other side you'll crash into the cliff. <laughs> right. Not death on. Not just you're going <laughs> to hurtle to your death either way. <laughs> Let me write that down. Avoid Tahoe. Lake okay. Tahoe, yeah. But beautiful, beautiful place to go because that's by Reno. Um, so when we went out there, we flew into Reno, and then you take a bus ride down to Tahoe. It was an hour and a half, maybe two hours. Um, but we won we won money the first night we were there. So we decided, oh, well, we won it. We won like two grand the first night we were there on a free trip. By wow. the that's even better. On free play money. That, like, that's the trifecta, right? Yeah, um, what? How did you swing that? What? Uh... My wife. My wife had been in like one of these casino tour things before yeah. I met her. My wife likes to gamble. You know, she like going to the casino. Nothing wrong with that. So she was in one of these tours. She used to go with her mom. So she was in one of these casinos. And we got so we get a free trip. We get a free trip to Tahoe. So then Tahoe. Then the, the, the Harris. So Harris has this deal 
where it's on their website or whatever. My wife finds it, and it says, well, if you're staying for at least three nights, you get $300 in free play. I'm like, okay. well, but I'm like, well, we're staying there for free. So they're clear. Nope. My wife was like, well, I'm still going to go check. They checked our reservation. That's all. They didn't check to see that we didn't pay for the room. <laughs> they just looked at the reservation. Right. Oh, three nights. And they go, three nights. Here's your, here's your stuff. So we're thinking it's $300 in free play. No, no. I've never seen this in my life at a casino. They literally just gave my wife $300 in cash. <laughs> so <laughs> this is insane. So we're on the free trip already. Free plane ride, free room, and they just gave us three hundred dollars in cash. Well, they must really like my your wife's. Wife. Like what? What? What the hell? She goes and she puts a hundred dollars, <laughs> or does she puts a fifty? She wants. To, I'm going to go. She's like, I'm going to go do a uh, like a high stakes one, you know, because they're you know they're giving me the money. So she goes to right. the machine. It was a top dollar machine. I remember the name of the game. It's one of these ones where if you get the bonus, it gives you all these bids, and then you can pick whichever bid you want. She's like, she puts a $50 bill in there. It's $15 a spin. Yes, I know. She's like, she's like I'm going to get three spins. I'm like, fair enough. Third spin, bonus. Then we win $1,800. <laughs> so we are at this casino that we paid nothing to go to, nothing to fly to. And we're in the casino for 15 minutes, and we're up $2,000. <laughs> I am the guy who'd be like, we're done. <laughs> right. But we still have like four days, you know. But I can be that guy. I'm the guy who could literally drive an hour to go to the casino, walk in, hit right away, and be like, let's go. Mission accomplished. Now I'm done. <laughs> but, no, my wife's like, no, we drove all this way, and we're going to play. So, But that paid for every meal. Uh, and so we were initially just going to stay in Tahoe. There's enough to do there. You got Tahoe on one side, and then there's another little town right on the border because you're literally on the border between Nevada and California. So we just rented a car. We took a drive all the way around the lake. It was gorgeous. I mean, it was cold and windy, but it was gorgeous. And so the and then the second the day after that. Uh, there ended up being like this horrible like rainstorm where we were, and then we woke up the next morning after that, and it was just all the mountain peaks around us were all covered with snow. Oh my god! Oh yeah, it was it was it was amazing. So and the whole trip was free. Now on that day where we were rained in at the casino, we lost probably half the money back, but we came home up. It wasn't our money. Exactly. You know, we, that's the definition of playing with house money. Yeah, when you never have to tap into the money that you took with you to lose, if you come home with that money and more, you're good. That that, yeah. that was a good trip. Other than the fact that I had a sinus infection and bronchitis on that trip. Ooh. Yeah, I had it so bad I couldn't taste our food. I remember we're sitting yeah. at Cinnabon. Cinnabon. And you can't smell it? I couldn't taste it or smell it. Oh, that's I'm awful. sitting there, and I'm eating it, and I got about three bites in. I'm like... Why am I bothering eating this? <laughs> this is horrible for me. And the whole point of it is tasting it. So I just stopped eating it. Yeah, I can't even fathom being at a Cinnabon and not being able to smell it. That's just... Couldn't smell it or taste it. That was one of the, you know, maybe that was COVID. I have no idea. Maybe I had COVID <laughs> 2012 years ago. This is 2009 that, this, that we went on. Yeah, it was October of 2009. So 
mean, we weren't even engaged when we went on that trip yet. Yeah, I don't know. Me and my wife had something, uh, COVID or mono or something when we came back from Vegas. I don't know what the fuck oh. was, uh, that was. You had the, the broke blues because I remember that, that that sad last day when you were tapped out. Yeah, I was hoping to get the uh, the trip that you're talking about playing with house money because I was up yeah. uh, pretty pretty nice to, after the first couple of days there. Yeah, we we and were you and I did pretty well on the tables the first couple of days, and then it just all went south. It just turned. Oh my goodness, it yeah, just turned so bad. Well, you had the benefit of having me playing on a table game that I'd never played before, which is usually that's a winner. <laughs> Right? That's why you always want the person play. So, uh, you haven't been to the casino in a while, have you? No, no, I haven't. So we go to the casino last week. I didn't talk about this. So they have craps there now. Okay. It's literally craps, like giant, like, prices right size dice <laughs> inside of, like, a trouble bubble. Okay. <laughs> so there's no table, right? There's nobody yeah. because basically you sit down in a chair with a little computer in front of you, and you have your very own little trouble bubble, <laughs> and that's craps. I'm like, I, I, I like craps. I like craps, but the whole part of the fun of craps is the atmosphere at the table. Exactly. It's gathering around all these strangers and just racking up all this money. If you ever walk into a casino and you close your eyes and you listen for the screaming, just walk towards the screaming, that's the craps table. It's always the most vocal game, right? Because it's got the action, right? More than it it doesn't. Roulette doesn't have action. Roulette's just math. Somebody (laughs) might win big on roulette and then they get the big pop, but you don't get everybody. Like craps is that one game where everybody can win on the roll of the dice and everybody mm-hmm. can lose. Well, so that, yeah, there's no fun. You don't even get to roll the dice. Yeah. That's, that doesn't sound it's literally good. just this little popper that pops the dice up in the air and it comes down. It's literally the trouble bubble. And who wants to gamble <laughs> that way? That, that is so sad. I, I couldn't imagine that there was nobody playing by the way, but the uh, yeah, games were all still going. So, so every, so every 15, 20 seconds, the little thing would pop up, the dice would flop around, and you'd be looking <laughs> like, what? If yeah, you, that's... Part also, part of craps is feeling like, even though it's totally random, that you are holding the dice. You are in control, right? I'm hot. Right. Every other game, you you don't get to spin the ball on the roulette wheel. The dealer's always giving you the cards in the card game. But in craps, yep. you have the dice in your hand. Yep. If you crap out, you crapped out. So, yeah, watching the thing pop up. Oh, so sad. And now then the roulette wheels are all in the big bubble. Um, they don't even have poker at that casino that you're talking no, about. But all, no, no, all the blackjack and all that stuff is all like video boards yeah. of the video dealer. Uh, yeah. yeah. The, the, no. the, it, has, it has ruined one of my favorite aspects of going to the casino, which is playing tables because it's, but the tables are social, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not always the, like I work in sales. So I'm always not, I'm not usually the guy who wants to go and be social when I'm off work. Cause I have to do it all day at work. So I, I, I tend to not be that way <laughs> when I'm not working, but every once in a while I'd get that itch. You want to just go sit at a table with a group of people and play some cards or shoot some dice, you know, we're, part of the, it, have the experience together. 
we were talking about this last year when, when COVID hit, that there's going to be some things that change and we'll never go back to what it used to be. And that, that might be one of the things. Like, cause I, yeah. I know I'm not going to go sit next to anybody and play poker right now. Cause I, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. You don't know who's got what right. or, you know, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm sure it's not set up for you to do it either down here. They got in Tunica, they do have poker tables, but I'm sure I'm it's, shocked it's there's like, still casinos down there in Katunica because the last time I was there, it was sad. They're barely hanging on, yeah, and, and this yeah. might wipe them out totally. But, uh, but I knew I know they're there because I was looking uh, last a uh, couple weeks ago um, when my wife went to uh, she actually went to Europe for two weeks. Um, yeah, and, which was shocking when I saw when it, when when my wife showed me that your wife went on a plane overseas to Greece. I was like, uh, what you were describing was like someone hiding under the covers, afraid of COVID. To then be on a plane, I, I give her full credit to be on a plane and go and doing all that. That that I wouldn't even do that right now. Jason, when I tell you that she literally had a box of like 100 masks with her that she packed with oh. her, I'm not exaggerating. Like she had every. Okay. Protection. She had. She she did. She did. There was a. There's an aspect of uh, of of uh, a time element as far as I don't. She didn't get the trip for free, but she did get like a great price on it due to her work as a as a travel agent. Yeah. Uh, but but it had to be used by a certain time. So this wasn't okay. that she was just itching to get over there right now. It was that it it had to be done uh, at this point in time or else it wasn't going to happen. So that's pretty much why she did that. The, the exact same um, scenario applies for these two trips that we have coming up. Uh, the reason I didn't go to Greece is because I'm saving my vacation time because we're supposed to be going to Mexico in September. And then ah. we're supposed to be going on a Caribbean cruise in October. So yeah, yeah this scared of, of COVID is absolutely uh, planning to get out and do some more traveling uh, also because these are trips that, that she earned uh, from her work as a travel agent that are going to expire right. if she doesn't use them. Um, and, but things have not changed as far as she's back home and still doesn't want to go out to dinner because of COVID. So go figure. But, that, uh, but Hey, she did it, but she did it. So she be proud. With that, my, I with saw that. And I was like, wow, you know what? That that's progression as far as like that. that that's great. And I'm guessing she enjoyed it. Uh, she kind of had a me experience. She was uh, she was complaining about the uh, but the, really had Greek. a great time. <laughs> but she had a she had a she was talking about the history and how beautiful uh-huh. it was and, and just had a, an absolute fabulous time while also complaining about uh, the fact that it's Greece is not all that modern as far as uh, walking places. There's a lot of elevation. There's uh, a lot of uh, hills. There's a lot of inclines. Yes. Uh, there's a lot of there's ways to, to tear yourself up. There's a reason they call it ancient Greece. <laughs> and she uh, she came back home and her knee has not been the same since, basically. So well, yeah, because been... it's it, no, it's not flat. It's not Kansas. No, it is. It, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's it's mountains and volcanoes, uh, but it is it is thick with history that we don't have here. Definitely, a we lot see of buildings that and... were built in the 1800s, and we're like, ooh, that's historic. Oh, yeah, we, look it, how old that it, is. Like, yeah. We ain't got nothing on them. No. So I'm glad, I'm glad she did it. Yeah. I, Farther than I've, I've ever gone. I've never. I've been to Canada a couple of times. 
Yeah, I was. I would have done it. Like I said, uh, yeah. Hold on onto my vacation days for for these other trips that we're supposed to be taking. So, yeah, she did it with my uncle's uh, wife, and uh, yeah, they they both had a, a very good time. Uh, although, like I said, my wife was was kind of beat up and and banged up from from all the walking and inclines and stuff. And it's yeah. not just uh, you know the ruins. It's not just inclines. It's uh, there was some point where they took like a, a little boat across to some place for a, like a day trip but for some reason they didn't take the same boat back afterwards they had to go like literally oh. climb and walk up all these uh stairs and, and and inclines or whatnot to get to a bus in order to get back to their uh to their hotel and i don't know why they decided to do that and what's worse was like the whatever the tour guide or whatever i was leading him around takes them to a certain point and and basically says, okay, this is where I leave you, and the bus that you have to take is up there. And she's pointing up, so they have to go up, like they have to climb. Uh, and there's no, this, you know, again, there's not modern uh, civilization. There's no escalators. There's no elevators. It's not uh, it's not something that's that's easy to do. If you're uh, got some some health issues, you're not uh, in the best shape. It's uh, it, it was tough. It, it was tough on my poor wife. Uh, she basically was. Uh, sort of out of commission after the first few days as far as uh, taking a, a lot of the tours, but she did manage to still uh, take some tours and take some pictures. And, and like I said, she did say she enjoyed herself a lot, even though she was down for the count for, for most of the trip. Wow. Well, hey, I'm, you know what, though? Like I said, she did it. She did. She sure did. So uh, we've, we've talked about the uh, the weeks that I'm – going to be on these trips and, and won't be uh, doing these shows. So you're uh, going to be set up with, with, uh, with the cute factors and you're going to be uh, going to come up with something. Yeah. <laughs> going to be on target to, to do some, some shows with the, maybe with the kiddies or, or by yourself yeah. or something like that. I, I, I think um, that we could make that fun. I'm, I'm actually going to grab my, uh, my date book because I'm old as fuck and I actually buy a date book every year and write in it instead of keeping everything in my phone. Cause what if you lose your phone and then you're fucked? So I write everything down still. I don't know what the cloud is. I don't know what that means. I, I, oh. I don't, I don't All the data on your phone is uploaded into the cloud. I, I don't know. That way if you lose that. your phone and you get a new phone, it just puts it all right back on your phone. Mm-hmm. Or I can just write it down in my day book. Yeah, so, or- uh, so those those weekends that I'm going to be gone are the uh, the 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 Sunday the 19th. So that's probably week. That would be like wait, week when? two, three, two or three. two or three. Let's see. Labor Day is the sixth. They they don't start before Labor Day. So week one is probably going to be the 12th. So that's going to be week two. Okay. Yeah, they're starting um, late this year. Okay. Uh, so that's yeah. So it's probably week two. So September the nineteenth, I uh, won't be around, and then uh, October the seventeenth, uh, we're going to be, uh, and and that's still up in the air though. The October one is is supposed to be a cruise on on uh, Virgin, and Virgin is uh, if you go by the website, they're acting like they're going to be cruising by then. But the fact uh, is, they don't know. The fact is, they're canceled right now through October the first. So to, to uh, assume that they're going to be going on the tenth, which is when we're supposed to be leaving, uh, right. that's that's taking a big assumption. So we're definitely uh, holding on and waiting to see as far as that goes. 
Um, but yeah, if that does go, that'll be the uh, the that, that weekend of the the fifteenth. Uh, the, or the 17th, rather. Um, 15th is our actual 10-year anniversary. Or the, the, yeah. Um, that we're actually going to be on this trip. We're supposed to be on this trip uh, to the yeah. uh, this cruise to the Caribbean for that anniversary week. So if, if, it, if it comes off, it'll be great. And if, if not, then we're going to be sitting here uh, for our 10-year anniversary going, man, we could have been in the Caribbean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll see. Oh. Yeah, our 10th anniversary plans were all jacked yeah. up because of COVID. So we made the most of it this year, you know. But, you know, we still managed to take time to take time off and go away. We just aren't going, you know, overly far. That trip to Branson was really the farthest. It's one of the longest trips that we've ever taken with the kids. This trip, I want to say from where we are to where we're actually staying, it's only like a four-and-a-half-hour drive. So that's not – after doing the 11-hour thing, with Branson, four and a half is going to be a breeze. Oh, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're not we're not overdoing it this time as far as driving. It's like, hey, it's a nice it's a nice afternoon drive, and we're there. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the Mexico trip, which is going to happen no matter what because that's not a cruise. That's just we're just going to resorts for for that. So that's just oh, okay. flying so and, like, and coming uh, back. All inclusive type thing. Right, yeah. So that would be my first trip since uh, the pandemic. I haven't been anywhere at all. So. Oh wow! Well, you need that. It's good yeah, for you. Definitely, definitely. Get away. Absolutely. All right, I think I'll let you go and keep getting ready for your uh, for your trip and your vacation. Yes, I'm excited. Excuse me. So you'll be back. August 1st. I'll be back in plenty of time for um, – I'm actually back on the July 31st, so we're gone seven days. Straight straight week. I'll be back on the – a week from the day I'll be home. So okay. I will be home well in time for the weekend after that, which will be um, Hall of Infamy. That's right. The original, the OG. Hall of Infamy. <laughs> Hall of Infamy. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, we can we can talk about it, but I, I, I like the idea next year of doing the, the catch-all of Infamy. The stuff that we could come up with from just all the realm, you know, is insane. It is. Now, we'd and, have to uh, have the discussion as, do you consider professional wrestling a sport? Because if we could include that. Oh, my God. That, they, you know, <laughs> but you, that, it is. It is it, it's entertainment. It, it's not a sport. Okay. Sport that, that, right? I mean, it's like acting. It's basically well, right, isn't it? That's kind of, I mean, I'm not taking away from the athleticism, mm-hmm. but it's not a. Sport. I just want, I just want clarification. Just you know, okay. I'm sure the, the, the wrestling sure, fans that listen would would be wondering. But I am sure that knowing you, you will find a way to circumvent the rules because <laughs> we do. That's one of the most fun things about this is that we find a way to circumvent our own rules, and we have very few rules with the Hall of Infamy, right? But we still find yep. ways. We still find a way. We were not supposed to be inducting any Hall of Famers, and yet I just right. put Earl Weaver in tonight uh, with his manager's corner. <laughs> but you put... Uh-oh. Are you there? Sorry. I was moving in my oh. seat, and I, I clicked the mute button. Ah. So, yeah, uh, everything sounded good tonight. I am on a brand-new computer. 
Yeah, you, you sounded fine. Everything sounds good. And then uh, by the next time we have a show, I'll be on a different headset. So I'll be interested to see how that goes. Hmm. Okay. I've decided to get out of the wired headset age and actually get a wireless headset. Because it wasn't that many shows ago that my son tried to walk away <laughs> while we were on air with the headset still on and darn near ripped the computer off the desk. So now the computer is on the floor on a little cast uh, we, uh, on a little tray with cast. So I can yeah. roll the computer around if I need to, because it sits on carpet and uh, nothing worse than putting a, uh, a, a desktop computer on uh, carpet. You can't really move it because it digs into the carpet. Plus, it's not good for static and stuff. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, the days of my son trying to walk away and just destroy all the equipment while we're mid-show uh, kind of was an eye-opener for me. Plus, I'm tired of all these wires. <laughs> yeah. There's just wires uh, everywhere. The, the wireless headphones at my job while I'm while I'm sitting there typing data entry is 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 a godsend. It's it's. So beautiful yeah. with the Bluetooth and the, the noise canceling and oh it's 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 awesome. Yeah, I so I got the Bluetooth. This computer has Bluetooth. My old one didn't, so I was looking for like decent quality Bluetooth headset. Uh, it's not going to be a connection distance issue because I mean it's probably between me and the computer maybe three feet. So right. uh, I'll be curious. So you'll have to let me know what you think of the sound quality on the next show. Yep, definitely. So yeah, I'm I'm good. All right. Uh, so we're still trying to figure out the question of uh, whether Giannis is a superstar, but while we're waiting for uh, that answer. <laughs> yeah, I need more data. <laughs> <laughs> Take that for data. Uh, while we're figuring that out, we will congratulate the Milwaukee Bucks, the new NBA champions. I, I tell you, I never thought I would say Milwaukee Bucks NBA champions in my lifetime, yeah. but uh, it took a superhuman effort to do it. And, and that's exactly what Giannis uh, put forth. So, uh, congrats to to him. He's a, he's a superstar. He's a all timer and every other superlative you want to put on him. Uh, meanwhile, yeah, yeah, that's uh, he, he might have more in him <laughs> before it's all said and done. Uh, meanwhile, I hope everyone enjoyed the uh, Major League Baseball Hall of Infamy induction show tonight with our new inductees. I uh, hope everyone was. Entertained by that, and join us in a couple of weekends when we will have our uh, NFL Hall of Infamy induction done by Jay. We are all looking forward to that, and that will sort of get, that will put us into August definitely, and it will sort of uh, initiate our start of unofficial start of football season. The training camp is going, the, the Hall of Fame game, and all that stuff. So it's, it's almost that time. It, it goes by so quick. Football is almost back. So your your unofficial start to it, our Football Hall of Infamy show that's coming up in a couple of weekends. So definitely come back and join us for that. All right. He is Jay. I am Dre. This has been the off-season version of In Much Less Detail, the podcast, Kings of Non-Sequitur, featuring the MLB Hall of Infamy induction show. Again, hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, feedback. Uh, I told you about the uh the email address in much less detail at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter. I'm at IMLD Dre. Jay is at IMLD uh, All sorts of ways to get in contact with us. Uh, and again, come back in a couple of weeks. Football, Hall of Infamy coming up. Everyone enjoy the rest of your evening and we will see you in a couple of weeks.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.